1: And thank you for participating in today's conference call to discuss Points International's financial results for the third quarter ended September 30th, 2020. Delivering today's prepared remarks are Chief Executive Officer Robbie Lane, President Christopher Barnard, and Chief Financial Officer Eric Giorgio. Following their prepared remarks, the management team will open up the call for any questions. Before we go further, I would like to turn the call over to Cody Cree of Gateway Investor Relations, Point International's IR advisor, as he reads the company's safe harbor that provides important information regarding forward-looking statements. Cody, you may proceed.
2: Thank you. Please be
3: reminded that the remarks on this conference call may contain or refer to forward-looking statements within the meaning of Canadian and U.S. securities laws. Management may also make additional forward-looking statements in response to your questions. Although management believes these forward-looking statements are reasonable, such statements are not guarantees of future performance or action and are subject to important risks and uncertainties that are difficult to predict. Certain material assumptions are applied in making forward-looking statements and may not prove to be correct. Important factors that could cause actual results to differ materially and the assumptions used in making such statements were included in our third quarter financial results press release issued prior to this call as well as other documents filed with the Canadian and U.S. securities regulators. Except as required by law, the company does not undertake any obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statements, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. With that, I'll turn the call over to Point's Chief Executive Officer, Rob McLean. Rob?
4: Thanks, Cody, and good afternoon, everyone. We continue to navigate a challenging market environment in the third quarter. As we've often stated, the timing of launching new partnerships and programs fluctuates quarter to quarter, as does the promotional activity with current partners. These fluctuations have only been exacerbated by the pandemic. As you might expect, our transaction volumes remain down from pre-COVID levels across the business. And while they were also down from Q2, we are seeing a strengthening in Q4. Notwithstanding the progress we are seeing in the near term, we still have limited visibility on the timing for recovery of our business and industry. However, our teams remain very active with business development to drive new program launches and partnerships, and our pipeline continues to be very strong. To this point, in 2020, we've launched four new partners, such as Air Canada and Qatar, and have expanded our partnerships with 11, 11 existing partners with 12 new products or channel expansions. The remainder of the year in early 2021 continues to be very busy on this front as partners continue to leverage our products and services to drive critical revenue growth and member engagement. We continue to expect positive adjusted EBITDA for fiscal year and full year 2020. And we will continue to, be, to prudently manage our costs and liquidity while supporting our partners throughout this difficult time. To that point, I want to take a moment to share how incredibly proud I am of our team members' dedication and tireless work on behalf of points and our partners. Thank you. To provide broader context on the industry, our airline and hospitality partners' revenue streams continue to be impacted by the pandemic. As many of you have likely seen, Without the passage of a new federal relief package in recent months, most airlines that face layoffs and or furloughs, which means their immediate focus and priorities, have been to manage their operations and workforce. Within this environment, the value of loyalty programs has remained resilient and for some even crucial. We've continued to see operators leverage their loyalty assets to help their businesses stabilize in the near term and prepare for the return of strong consumer travel demand in the long term. Similar to what United did with its Mileage Plus program last quarter, both Delta and American Airlines have recently announced plans to leverage their frequent flyer program assets as collateral for their respective $9 billion and nearly $5 billion debt financings. We continue to believe that announcements like these signal the enduring importance of loyalty programs around the globe. These programs' size... And profitability make them crucial sources of liquidity for airlines and they play a key role in sustaining member engagement among our partners customer bases loyalty programs also help operators prepare for changing travel patterns and pent-up consumer demand recent research from skyscanner has revealed increasing levels of one-way domestic and regional travel across the globe with customers using shorter term planning horizons to search and book these trips In situations like these, travelers can use their accumulated points and miles to book last-minute trips. Many hospitality and travel operators have already extended their loyalty program's member status through 2021 in order to prolong this opportunity and in some cases even lower the redemption requirements to further encourage near-term travel. Although miles flown continue to be markedly lower from historic levels, we don't believe the desire to travel has gone anywhere and neither will the loyalty programs that help facilitate consumers' travel plans. As we continue to monitor the industry landscape, we have focused on both establishing new partners and deepening existing relationships, as reflected by the launch of our extensive multi-year partnership with Qatar Airways in the second quarter and the recent deployment of our enhanced customer service program with Delta. These and other recent initiatives demonstrate that we are continuing to execute on the strategy we laid out in early 2019 as we look to the months ahead we remain dedicated to supporting our partners and our team members throughout this difficult time points has built a strong and resilient foundation over the past 20 years and we owe much of this to the strength of our partner network and the dedication of our team while we cannot predict exactly how the journey ahead of us will unfold over the coming quarters We are financially and strategically well-positioned for the recovery. We continue to believe the success we have had in bringing new partners and products to market, coupled with the revenue and profit-generating nature of our products and services, will position us at the very earliest part of travel's inevitable recovery. I will now hand it over to Eric to review our financial performance for the third quarter, and then Christopher will provide some additional highlights and perspective on our partner activity. Eric?
5: Rob and afternoon everyone unless noted otherwise all figures on today's call are in US dollars and presented in accordance with IFRS top line revenue in the third quarter of 2020 was 37.4 million compared to forty point9 million in q2 and 98 million in the year ago quarter gross profit the more appropriate proxy for our top line was 5.7 million Compared to 7 million in Q2 2020 and 14 million last year. The sequential decrease reflects changes in the timing and strength of our promotional activity, which is most prominent in our loyalty currency retailing segment. As a reminder, before the COVID 19 pandemic, our monthly and quarterly results could fluctuate period to period depending on the timing, richness, and number of marketing campaigns. As a proportion of total revenue and gross profit mix generated from these marketing campaigns has increased during COVID-19, the fluctuations in revenue and gross profit generated by this activity has been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. While our monthly performance throughout the third quarter remained well above the lows of the pandemic in April, activity across all three lines of business is well below our our pre-COVID levels. Adjusted operating expenses in the third quarter came in at $6.9 million compared to $6.7 million in Q2 and $9.9 million in Q3 2019 as we aggressively manage and reduce expenses. This quarter, we recognized approximately $1.8 million related to the Canadian Emergency Wage subsidy program compared to $2.3 million in the second quarter of 2020. These subsidies were recorded as an offset to employment costs with the Q3 funds collected after the quarter end. At present, funding under this subsidy program has been extended to December 19th. We expect to remain eligible for funding up to this date, but anticipate recording a lower subsidy amount in the fourth quarter compared to Q3 levels based on the current funding formula. In addition, the Canadian government has indicated their intent to extend this subsidy program until June 2021. While details of this expansion Are still not known we are monitoring it closely looking to the fourth quarter we expect our monthly adjusted operating expenses to be in line with Q3 levels excluding the benefit of any wage subsidies based on that run rate and after factoring in expected subsidies in the fourth quarter we would expect to generate positive cash flow when transaction volumes and gross profit are approximately 50% of 2019 levels
4: for perspective
5: Monthly gross profit was as high as 70% during the second quarter, but averaged approximately 40% for the third quarter. Adjusted EBITDA for the third quarter came in at minus 1.1 million, compared to 300,000 in Q2, and 4.4 million in the year-ago quarter. The sequential decrease was due to the aforementioned changes in the strength and timing of our promotions, which negatively impacted gross profit, and to a lesser extent, lower subsidies recorded in the third quarter as rob mentioned earlier we are still on track to be adjusted EBITDA positive for the full year total funds available which include borrowings on our credit facility were 68.2 million at the end of the third quarter compared to approximately 107 million at the end of the second quarter and 86.8 million at the end of 2019 we elected to repay 5 million on our credit facility during the third quarter bringing our outstanding balance down to approximately $30 million as of September 30th, 2020. This sequential decrease in our overall cash and liquidity position predominantly reflects changes in the timing of our promotional activity and the resulting impact on gross sales activity relative to last quarter. All said, we remain comfortable with our strong balance sheet as we continue to navigate the effects of the pandemic. With that, I'll turn it over to Christopher.
4: Chris.
6: Thanks, Eric. Over the last number of years, we've consistently communicated three core growth drivers for points. Our first driver is consistently establishing relationships with new loyalty programs or merchants around the world. Second is launching net new services with our pre existing partners. And third is consistently improving or expanding services currently in market through enhanced and automated merchandising efforts. While these are clearly very challenging times for everyone in the travel related industries, The last seven months have highlighted the resilience of our business model, and all these three drivers have contributed to both our current performance, as well as established strong opportunities for accelerated growth once the global environment improves. It's the third driver that's pulling a lot of the load today. Our consistent investments in marketing automation, coupled with ever-increasing data flows across our loyalty commerce platform, has allowed us to drive promotional volume over the past many months and offer much needed revenue to our partners. As Rob mentioned earlier, despite some month-to-month variability, we're confident that the rest of the year will show increased strength heading into 2021. Our first growth driver is bringing new loyalty programs onto the platform. Last quarter, we announced our partnership with Qatar Airways Privilege Club in August, deploying services to our LCR platform, and it began to ramp up during the last few months. Privilege Club members can now buy, gift, and transfer their queue miles through our platform to receive the rewards faster with dynamic personalized promotions driven across our loyalty commerce platform. While we're still in the early days of this partnership, it does represent another key win for us in the Middle East with a premium program. This region has been growing aggressively in recent years and
4: we look forward to capitalizing
6: on this inertia by deploying new and additional services with Qatar in the near future. In addition, we were pleased to launch Caribbean Airlines in a new partnership with a broad suite of LCR services and we're excited to continue to add leading North American brands to our partner roster. This was another opportunity to drive our strategic relationship with Amadeus and represents another step in a more fulsome integration of our loyalty commerce platform with a number of Amadeus's airline reservation and loyalty systems. Next up with Amadeus is launching our LCR suite with Ethiopian Airlines we signed to a new contract during the third quarter. We'll be offering more details on this upcoming deployment as they go live. While adding new programs to our partner universe remains a mainstay of our growth profile, expanding current relationships is just as important to laying a foundation for community growth. We've also been very active here over the last number of months. We recently launched a new capability in our partnership with Chase Bank Ultra Rewards Program which allow cardholders to receive double their original amount of points when they transfer their bank-branded points into travel program reward currencies. Throughout our longstanding relationship, Chase has been able to increase his member engagement by leveraging our exchange services. This newest capability allows us to expand that partnership and further deepen our presence in the financial services industry. In August, we be- deployed a program between Get Your Guide, a leading tours and activity website, and Alaska Airlines mileage plan allowing users to earn miles when they shop at the Get Your Guard site. We expect to be adding more merchants to our network in an effort to drive both revenue and member engagement to our loyalty program partners during the period of reduced travel. Our Alaska Airlines teams have been busy with the mileage plan program for the first partner to launch on our Accelerate Anything service that allows members to boost almost any of their prior earnings, opening up more non-airways for members to earn their favorite miles. With this service, members are targeted with special offers for additional miles based on their previous month mileage activity. This creates a targeted contextual non-travel transaction that is efficiently driven off our loyalty commerce platform and we're confident that we'll be extending this new revenue generating service to other partnerships in the near future. Last month, we were encouraged to further expand our long-term partnership with Delta Airlines and the Sky Miles loyalty program by launching a state-of-the-art customer service program called Delta Choice. This new program will enhance the ways in which passengers are compensated for travel issues and streamline the internal customer service experience. The launch phase of Delta Choice provides Delta customer service teams with a more efficient loyalty platform by consolidating the tools, processes, and capabilities used in concession offerings for Delta customers. Delta customer service agents can now compensate customers for travel issues with gift cards and the upcoming phase two will add the option to compensate customers with SkyMiles. This expansion is the latest of many solutions points is powered for Delta Airlines over a partnership spanning nearly 20 years, including currency exchange and redemption programs for the SkyMiles members and an incentive program that enables merchants and businesses to directly re- reward their customers or employees with Miles. Lastly, we recently launched a new service with United Airlines for select members to add a monthly subscription to their mileage earning options. This premium service is the first for us and represents another new revenue stream we're confident will be attracted to our global loyalty program customers as they seek to add more value to their programs as a linchpin to their recovery strategy. We remain confident in the value of loyalty programs represent both to their members as well as corporately and believe they will play a significant role in how our industry recovers from the pandemic-driven setback the industry has suffered. Putting new programs in market will add to our performance throughout this time and fuel long-term value, even if they cannot initially perform at historical levels. As we launch new services and add new partners to our roster, our long-term growth drivers remain at the core of our strategy. We are committed to maximizing the performance of our in-market services, cross-selling to existing partners, and signing new partnerships across new verticals and geographies, all while carefully managing our operating costs. As we work to both strengthen our current partnerships and establish new ones, we are encouraged by the pipeline we have built for the road ahead. These opportunities and relationships remain key to capitalizing on the travel and hospitality industry's inevitable recovery and signal both the importance of loyalty programs as a key engine for this recovery, as well as the resiliency of our business model. We're looking forward to updating you along the way as we announce more industry successes. With that, I'll turn the call back to the operator. Thanks.
1: At this time, we'll be conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tool will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star two if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. One moment, please, as we poll for questions. Our first question comes in line of Greg Jabias with Northland Securities. Please see with your question.
7: Great, uh, good afternoon, Rob, Eric, and Chris. Thanks for taking the questions. Um, in Q2, I think it was pretty clear nearly all of the LCR revenue is derived from um, future travel use. So I guess I was just wondering maybe how you saw near-term travel use pick up in Q3, maybe in terms of the the breakdown between revenue and gross profit between future and near-term use relative to last quarter.
4: Yeah, sure, Uh, Greg, it's Rob. Um, You know, I I think when we we assess how the mileage purchases are, are, the intention of the mileage purchases and how they'll be used, I think it's still very much, for future travel. And, and I really point to not a significant lift yet in, in overall air travel um, performance. You know, We're seeing our partners still down you know, 60, 70, 80% in terms of volumes, um, uh, certainly in the U.S. And, and in some cases even more than that in the international markets. So I think the, the activity that's happening now would be consistent with what we, we saw in the second quarter where Members are collecting that currency uh, for future travel, uh, not so much for the, uh, the, the next couple of weeks, so to speak. Okay, got it. And then, you
7: know, I know that you typically
4: have a 60- to
7: 90-day window um, kind of of a, a visibility in terms of uh, upcoming promotional campaign activity in the market. Um, so I was just wondering if, you know, anything you can share there relating to partners that will be ramping their promotional activity in the foreseeable future?
4: Yeah, I I think, you know, the the fourth quarter, as I indicated in my prepared remarks, um, is fairly, you know, looking much stronger. I think we've got a a fairly robust marketing and promotional campaign running really across the board with a number of our partners. Um, So, you know, that that part of our business historically ebbs and and flows, as as, uh, Eric mentioned in his update. Um, But we do, when we look at October and then how the fourth quarter is playing out, uh, it's a pretty strong suite of uh, campaign activity that we we have in front of us here through the end of the year, which is is very positive. Okay, great.
3: Thanks, guys.
1: Our next question comes to the line of Gary Presspino with Barrington Research. Please do with your question.
0: Hi. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. A <clears throat> uh, couple of questions here, and uh, hoping I'm going to sound intelligent because I'm not that familiar with the story, uh, as others um first of all just that wage subsidy was booked in the adjusted operating expenses this quarter right even though it was paid thereafter is that correct eric that's correct eric okay thank you and then i guess you know just as i'm reading through my notes here you kind of said that or i think you said that q3 was above q2 in a sense or was above the april level uh, and obviously, probably uh, May and June improved from April, which was the bottom. But so w- with Q3, it looks like, you know, you were you were um, basically almost uh, flattish with, with Q2. It, it, is that a function of that the promotions that you thought were going to come on or or, or, or or promotions didn't come on that would have driven revenue growth sequentially a little bit higher than where it was in Q2? I'm just trying to understand what's going on here.
5: Yeah. Hey, it's Eric here again. Um, The way I would think about it, and and perhaps starting with Q2, I mean, obviously we were happy with the sequential growth we saw in that quarter. Um, You know, normal times for our LCR segment, we normally see an ebb and flow on marketing campaigns. And what's out in market and the consumer response to that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, April being the trough at, you know, roughly 20% of 2019 levels, certainly, you know, we're well ahead of that now. What you're Mm -hmm. seeing really in in Q3 is within the margin of our expectations for what we would have expected for Q3, which again is just how the loyalty currency retailing effectively works pre COVID or, or, or post COVID from a variability standpoint.
4: I would add uh, on there, Gary. Uh, as we reported in the second quarter, June was very. We had a very kind of robust uh, marketing campaign in place with a variety of our large partners, and we saw some really good results on that. There tends to be a little bit of a um, of kind of up and down as we migrate between partners. We don't typically run aggressive uh, campaigns back to back with partners, and so some of that that was finishing in the end of Q2 starts to move in, you know, back into play. Uh, here early in the fourth quarter. Uh, and so with, uh, I think some of that is what's driving, you know, what we're seeing positive uh, result-wise in Q4. And so you had some, you know, a little bit of a gap there in terms of how the campaigns ran uh, through uh, parts of the third quarter.
1: Okay, thank you. Our next question comes online of Drew McR- McReynolds with RBC Capital Markets. Please do with your question.
2: Thanks very much. Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, Maybe for you, Eric, just two two points of uh, clarification. I I missed the the gross profit commentary, and I think it was alluding to maybe Q4 uh, in your opening remarks, if you could uh, just clarify that. And then on the government subsidies, can you just remind us, uh, I missed the number for Q2 and can't seem to find it in my notes, Uh, if you could just kind of give me that one as well.
5: Yeah, sure, so maybe starting from the back. So the subsidy amount in the second quarter was $2.3 million, and that dropped to $1.8 million in the third quarter. Um, you know, with respect to Q4 gross profit, I, I didn't have any comments on that in my uh, prepared uh, speech, so I, I uh, you know, maybe you simply misheard there. Um, Rob spoke sure. about it being Generally, a stronger promotional calendar, which we're seeing play out in October so far. But that's about as much as we've spoken to Q4. Yeah, we
4: we expect it's Rob. We expect the fourth quarter to be improved in, across all metrics, and I, I think Eric uh, conveyed as as I did as well that we we expect the fourth quarter, sorry, the
2: full year, to be a positive adjusted EBITDA for the full year period as well. Okay. Yeah. No, that that's fine. Sorry uh, for for that confusion. Um, I, I, in and in on the kind of month over month trend in the sequential improvement you're you're seeing into Q4, uh, I guess for you, Rob, um, you know, I you probably don't want to give a year over year kind of decline range for Q4, um, but but are you able to? I guess just kind of being m- midway through the quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um,
4: you know us pretty well with that opening statement there, Drew. I'm sorry. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, we, we we probably we wouldn't go to that level of detail at this stage. And, and and again, I think you know we've said since the inception of COVID, you know our visibility isn't what we would like it to be. Uh, and so I, 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 I'm not trying to to jump the question, but you know what we do see at a at a kind of a day-to-day level is the fourth quarter is running in line with the activity so you know we're seeing more activity with partners we're seeing more partners engaged as we get here through the fourth quarter we're seeing performance on the campaign activity uh, improving um, and as we get kind of some spacing between some some promotional activity that was very effective in the second quarter um, so we're you know we're comfortable in you know, looking ahead to the rest of the year, you know, particularly this late of a stage and seeing a, a, a much improved fourth quarter of what we saw in, in the third quarter. Um, but in terms of kind of year-over-year year numbers, uh, I think I'd probably be comfortable just leaving it at a, a you know, continued improvement. Uh, and, and look, for us, um, figuring out when the, the recovery really starts in earnest is, uh, is a bit tricky. I mean, we're we're optimistic about what we're seeing here in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, there's some positive signs out there in terms of 2021, but it's still very, very early. So we're going to be fairly, uh, you know, pretty focused on just the next next couple of weeks, next couple of months um, uh, for a while until we get you know more visibility and we get some more traction in, in just the broad travel recovery. We're seeing pockets of, of recovery, but um, you know, the scale that we we want to see is is not there quite yet.
6: And Hey, Drew, it's Chris. Um, just to add to that al- as well, I mean, it, there are two parts to the business, obviously. It's the it's the transactional performance that's driving current financial performance, but also, as we've talked about, um, pretty consistent deployment of new partners and new services. And again, we, we don't see that slowing down in the fourth quarter uh, either. The, the, we'll be punching out some more stuff um, for the rest of this year and, and into next year. Um, and so that's, to Rod's point, you know, so sort of that's one thing that we can somewhat control in in laying as much opportunity um, out there for us uh, as the recovery starts uh, picking up into next year.
4: It's a great point. You know, we have a we use a term around here pretty regularly lately. Um, you know, our business development and and commercial team are really very focused on a on a spring loaded concept. And you know, the the pipeline activity. I think we've got four or five new partners that we've launched. We've got a, a dozen or more expansions with existing partners, and as Chris indicated, uh, a number of new uh, propositions coming on here in the remaining six weeks or seven weeks of the year, that, those are, that kind of foundational work now, while it's not producing big numbers today, given COVID activities, um, we feel really good about that spring-loading us and giving us a bigger footprint as the recovery, you know, inevitably as that recovery comes forward, we'll just be able to accelerate uh, forward with that. I do think, and, and we believe we spent a lot of time with our partners through this process, as you might expect, um, we fully expect our products and services uh, you know, really to put us at the forefront of that recovery. We, we fully expect to be at the early stages of the travel recovery, largely because of the nature of our, our products and services. They tend to be engagement products. They tend to be revenue-generating and profit-generating products for our partners. And so, as we start to see some uh, some recovery, we think that accelerates relatively quickly. So, uh, you know, we're we're pleased with that business development and pipeline development over the last uh, uh, last seven months, for certain.
2: Yeah, that you actually addressed my my final question on you know where where you would be on the ramp up, but that makes sense. Um, you know, maybe as a kind of follow up on on that. Is you know is it I guess kind of two things I'm I'm curious about is you know from your perspective and let's just generically say kind of the airline or or hotel vertical um do you have any sense of kind of milestones that these industries are looking for to be able to have the confidence that turning on the promotional tap and really pushing. You know, to load up volume in these industries is is good bang for the buck, um, or or is the mindset we've got to spend you know a lot over quarters or years to kind of convince folks to to climb back on board? Like, do, do you have any sense talking to your partners where where they are on 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 that nature of the ramp up? You
1: yeah
4: probably not quite to those specifics I, I I convey this I think we're we're watching and seeing a lot of the commentary much like you would be in terms of where the airlines and hotels in particular see the time frame uh, for recovery and you know that ranges from you know typically 2 to 4 years um, from you know CEOs from airlines and, and hotels kind of seem to be kind of laying that kind of a framework out. It does vary by geography. It varies a little bit by the business segment. Uh, you know, leisure, the expectation leisure comes back a little bit sooner and business travel a little bit later. Uh, so I think that's been consistent over the last three or four months in terms of time frame. You know, each of the partners are looking at different, uh, certainly are feeding back to us different metrics and different things that are important to them. We're seeing you know, partners like United add some capacity back into markets like JFK and and areas that they haven't been in in some time. We see some of the Middle Eastern carriers uh, being more aggressive um, as they see pockets of opportunity. We certainly have partners in the UK that have said to us that as some of these quarantine rules um, uh, kind of morph over time, they'll put inventory and, and capacity into markets where... There aren't in the, or quarantine restrictions, and that capacity gets eaten up very, very quickly. So there's a bunch of kind of anecdotal activity out there that uh, you know we stay pretty close to and uh, with our partners, uh, but it is anecdotal at, at this point. So you know we'll stay close to the market, we'll stay close to our partners. Um, uh, you know we're pretty confident that you know they're still very interested in driving revenues from these low cost high-margin opportunities like our products and services, you know, putting a plane in the air or, you know, a daily trip to a new market um, is a very expensive proposition where driving a lot of of the activity that that we support is is a very profitable transaction, low-cost transaction for them. So we, again, feel like we'll be on the early side of that recovery, um, but it's not particularly consistent in terms of how the hotels and airlines are, are are, are managing those metrics.
2: Yeah, hey, Drew, uh, Chris, I'd just
6: add one point there is that, you know, pretty much guaranteed that as they start um, putting more effort into the marketing and getting people back, they'll be focused on that database that they already own of their best flyers um, or best stayers. Um, So it'll be that loyalty database that'll be the first, second, and third stop on the um, promotional uh, side to get people reengaged. It won't be a broad-based... Brand building uh, reach out for sure so we're we feel we're gonna be in a very good spot um, uh, to benefit from that kind
2: of focus uh, on the upswing okay got it thank you uh, Rob and Chris it's great thank you
1: and as a reminder if you would like to ask a question please press star 1 on your telephone keypad once again if you would like to ask a question please press star 1 on your telephone keypad our next question comes to line of Ed Wu with Ascendian Capital Please do with your question.
7: Yeah, thanks for taking my question. Did you notice any significant differences in regions in terms of your performance in the third quarter? Uh,
4: in the th- in the third quarter. Yes. Uh, not you know you know not really. I think the mix what we saw in the second quarter was was pretty consistent in uh, in Q3 as well. I think maybe we were seeing a little more strength in North America versus Europe, Middle East. In uh, Q3 versus uh, Q2, just a little bit of the split, but but pretty similar Ed, to what we had uh, been experiencing early in the pandemic as well.
7: All right. and Then you mentioned that you feel more confident about your performance in the fourth quarter. It's a little bit stronger. Is that even including the fact that you know most of Europe is locked down right now, and we're getting resurgence um, cases back in, in North America? Or you think that people are looking taking a longer term view in terms of you know? Getting these uh, miles now for, like you said, future travel and not necessarily near term travel,
4: yeah, you know it's a great question because it's you know we we make those statements largely on on the basis of what we see campaign wise kind of booked and in in uh, in flight, so to speak, we have you know a pretty good sense of how the campaigns are performing here in the in the early part of the first quarter as well as what the the schedule looks like through the end of the year. But you raise a good point that you know this everything is changing very quickly. Um, you know that that that's just a fact that you know we're seeing lockdowns being reinstated in certain markets. We're seeing certain markets open up a little bit more, uh, and so it is um, <laughs> it is a more fluid environment than we've experienced in uh, in our 20 years for sure. But. You know, based on what we see campaign-wise, schedule-wise, engagement, uh, and plans with our loyalty program partners, as we sit here today, um, it, it feels like a you know pretty comfortably that we're we're in an improving quarter.
7: All right, and my last question is, you know, you mentioned earlier about how you know obviously. Uh, you know the travel industry in the US or airline industry in the US uh had to do massive layoffs because uh their subsidies uh ran out uh, in October um has that affected your business at all in terms of the you know people that you deal with uh at your airline partners or has it not really been a big factor
4: and yeah it's a great question it it it, uh, it certainly has impacted you know we have we work with some fantastic people um throughout the industry throughout the world um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, the size and scale of some of the furlough activity in some of the big hotel chains as well as airlines has uh, impacted some of those, those contacts and relationships. We're, you know, we're hopeful that in many cases those are short-term, um, but there's no question that uh, some, some people on the other side who have been doing some great work uh, are, are not, not there uh, when we're picking up the phone these days. So, you know, we've seen a number of those um, situations improve where people have been called back from furlough and we're kind of getting rolling. But like any business uh, dealing with those kinds of interactions, uh, there's certainly been a bit of turbulence uh, on, on that front.
7: All right. Well, definitely thanks for information, and I wish you guys good luck.
1: Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's question and answer session, and I would like to turn back over back over to Mr. McLean.
4: Great. Uh, We'd like to thank everyone for listening to today's call, and we look forward to speaking with you all when we report our fourth quarter and full year results. Thanks again for joining us this evening.
1: And with that, this concludes today's teleconference. You may now disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation, and have a wonderful day.